Hello, my fellow fallible human. My name is Tanya McIntyre, and this is the Red Roof Recovery Show. This is a show to offer solutions to recover from mental health issues, including addictions, like we like to say. It's not just for addictions, it's for life. And I'm joined by my best friend and business partner. I like to call him Sir Lance a lot. Lance is bringing a family perspective. So he lived with me for more than two decades of my drug and alcohol addiction. So I love that he brings the family perspective to our conversations. He can give the perspective of a family member of a loved one who's affected by addiction. Lance is a valued resource to family members whose loved ones are still struggling with addictions. He shares his experience, empathy, and effective communication tools that can actually motivate your loved one to seek help sooner rather than later. We offer thoughtful conversation here every few weeks about a variety of recovery topics. You're gonna to hear science-based approaches to build a life beyond addiction, a life you won't need to escape from. And on this episode of the Red Roof Recovery Show, we are going to talk about the latest trend. Uh, here we are, we are recording this in February of 2023, and the trend is now full steam ahead. It's become a multi-billion dollar industry and we're talking about alcohol-free beverages. So what do you find um, wrong with that trend? Surely getting people away from alcohol would be something we should celebrate, maybe. Well, I think it's, yeah, there's a few elements that are worth talking about here. Uh, I think it is celebratory that our society is starting to recognize the importance of having an alternative to alcohol in, in, in places and events where people are socializing because um, I've often heard the term and I say it myself, the opposite of addiction is connection. So the fact that we uh, crave social connection and the most uh, social connection available revolves around al consuming alcohol, it's really good, I think, that we're seeing this trend. I think the danger might lie uh, where it's a slippery slope, for instance, for me, someone who's in recovery from drug and alcohol addictions. I'll give you an example. Um, I used to have Virgin Caesars because I liked the fancy glass and I liked the celery or whatever they were putting in there. It was like a little mini meal. And I would get a virgin Caesar. And then someone in a meeting said that they had ordered a virgin Caesar on a really busy night, something like New Year's Eve. And when the bartenders get busy, right, they can make mistakes. And it was received with alcohol in it. So a shot of vodka in a Caesar. And when the person had a sip and realized there was a shot of vodka in it, the pattern of thinking, what we call the stinking thinking brain, said, oh, it's just one. I can have just one. And they drank it. And the experience is, of course, yeah, you might be able to have just one that night. And then the next day or in a couple of days, you might think, oh, I got away with just one. I can have just another one. And then as we know from our experience that uh, my addictions, at least, we're progressive over time. And we can fall into that pattern of thinking that we think that we can moderate it now. We think, oh, maybe I'm cured. So there is the risk that you will end up with a virgin, something that is not a virgin, and you will drink it anyway, thinking, oh, I can have just one. So do you, do you think the, um, 
calling something a virgin, a virgin Caesar, a virgin mojito, something like that. Do they do that just for convenience, or is it that it it bolsters something in your psyche to say I'm not outside the norm? Absolutely. I think it does. And um, I'm a pretty good example of that. Um, New Year's Eve, you may remember, when we were together with the family in a very uh, celebratory environment on New Year's Eve, uh, we ordered virgin mojitos because, you know, it comes with a little sprig of mint and it looks fancy. It comes in one of those nice little uh, cocktail uh, flutey things, a slender um, beverage glass. So, it looks nice, it looks celebratory, and you fit in. It's very much about connecting and fitting in with the crowd. Well, I can understand that. I, I remember coming back from Spain and going out with some of my old work partners just for an afternoon's drink to catch up. And at the end of the session, we were leaving and I got my car keys out and they said, you can't be driving. I said, why not? And they said, well, you've been drinking all afternoon. I said, yeah, I've been drinking non-alcoholic non beer and no one had noticed. So I was fitting in and they all went, drinking fake beer? And I did that for a number of years, not really enjoying the taste that much because it didn't really taste like beer. And I got to the point where on New Year's Eve, I went out and I had a apple juice. Now... Was I outside the norm for having an apple juice or would I have been seen as the designated driver if someone looked in? Do we have to get to the point where it doesn't really matter or do we get to the point where we name the non-alcoholic drinks something that's not associated with the alcoholic drink? So there can be no, you know, no mistake by the bartender and or would you know, if you ordered one of them, would you be seen as not fitting in, which seems to be the biggest driver for this type of behavior? Well, I think we are seeing um, a trend to alcohol-free, I know in places like Florida, for instance, um, they are having sobar nights, S-O-B-A-R. So it's mm -hmm. an actual sober night where everybody there is not drinking and the bartenders are there just creating uh, mocktails. I think a, a famous person just wrote a mocktail book, a recipe book. I'm not sure of the details, but it is a growing trend, absolutely. I think we're going to see more and more people seeing that it is a viable and very profitable industry, and we're going to see the market respond. I, I can see that. And also, I mean, if you're going to a sober, then you are in like with like-minded people. So you're, you're not going to stand out, actually. If you walked in and asked for an alcoholic drink, you would stand out. So right. you wouldn't go there. But for the main part, you are possibly going to get these institutions pop up to cater for this. But most restaurants, bars and that will stay alcoholic. I don't think there's any doubt about that. So I think well, the, the point that we have to get to is the point where you don't have to feel outside of the the norm if you're not drinking. And I think creating atmospheres uh, like Sobar, like the trend is growing in Florida, apparently, that it's held in 
what is normally a sports bar. So through the week, it's a normal sports bar. You go in and they've got big screen TVs all over the walls and dart boards and pool tables. Um, but one night specifically is dedicated to be a so bar. And then on the big screen TVs, there are affirmations, <laughs> positive sentiments, uh, which I think is a wonderful trend. Uh, so again, you're in, you're in the environment of feeling like you're in a sports bar but you're not really in a sports bar because you're being um, surrounded by positive affirmations on the big screen and uh, alcohol-free bar. I think it's I think a great idea. I still prefer the sports on the TVs. <laughs> of course you would. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, you, and you are the kind of person who can go and have an alcohol-free beer and not think any anything about it, right? It's like, okay, I'm, I'm going to be cool. driving, so I'm just going to have this alcohol-free beer to sit with my mates and feel included in whatever. Well, I, don't, I don't even do that anymore. You don't? No. No, it's, it was, as you say, at that time, I didn't want to stand out from the crowd. But I've been alcohol-free now for quite a while as well. And if someone has a problem with that or thinks it's strange and that, that's their problem, not mine. Yeah, I do in the summertime have a non-alcoholic Rattler from a company that I, which is basically lager and lemon juice, and it's very refreshing and it's very tasty. And it, because it's not supposed to taste like beer, you know, it's fine. It's a refreshing drink. It's a great summer drink. It's non-alcoholic, which is great. But non-alcoholic beer just doesn't taste like beer. So what is the point apart from masquerading as something just to fit in? And that, that brings us that we can segue into our, our closing comments from that because it's important, I think, to ask our motivation for wanting to have it. Yeah, very much so. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think having the getting to the point where where you don't need social acceptance to do something that's good for you yes. is the point that we're all striving towards. You know, and to as cognitive behavioral therapy teaches me, um, it's always to ask the question. Uh, there's a good tool that we use, play the tape. So for instance, if I'm going to an environment where people are imbibing alcohol and I'm, I'm going to order a virgin mojito or a virgin Caesar or whatever, Ask the question, what's motivating me to do it? And if it comes to me and has alcohol in it, will I drink it? Mm. And play that tape. You know, do you trust yourself enough to not drink it? So ask, keep asking questions. Just ask those questions. Play the tape forward yeah. to the, the possibilities and know thyself, right? All the questions, all the answers to the questions we're looking for live within us. So yes. direct that rational analysis inward, which is where none of us want to go. Yeah, it's difficult. Asking yeah. them questions of yourself, it's a very difficult place to go. It is. It's a lifelong journey. It is a journey of, and I, I've stopped calling it a, a journey of recovery. It's a journey of discovery because yeah. a life beyond addictions truly is um, a, a life of serenity and peace. And I'm loving it. And that's why I'm so passionate around sharing it and encouraging people that recovery doesn't take long. 
It takes a persistent willingness to exert consistent efforts to help yourself. And there are literally hundreds of tools that you can use to manage recovery and life. The key, my favorite acronym, keep educating yourself to find something that works for you and then do more of it every day. Sounds good to me. Thank you, my darling, lots a lot. I appreciate everything you do. Thank you for being in my life. Thank you for being in mine. And thank especially, you. Especially <laughs> thank you, listener, for uh, hanging in there with us. We really appreciate you. And if you've gotten something from anything we said, please share it with your loved ones. Remember, there's great power in knowing that the only thing we can control in life is ourselves. And remember to talk to yourself like you talk to your best friend. May the force be with you. And remember, you, you are the force.